Alright folks, we are back on this second part of today's Sports Rap Podcast. We will get into some WNBA recap, their draft, and get into our NFL. Here we go. Stay tuned, folks. Alright folks, we are back. It's your boy. I'm back once again. Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page. Here we go live. YouTube, Sports Rap TV, you know what it is. And I want to move along. And next up is the WNBA draft. And I'm going to kind of go through this really quick. Uh, as you know, most importantly, with the WNBA draft, hey, Dana, all the way from the west side, what's going on? Glad you are tuned in. Thank you for tuning in as well. Los is back. What's going on from the Jack Los experience here every Sunday from 2 to 4 p.m. So, of course, at WNBA, Ivan Robinson is back. Thank you for tuning in again. So, everybody, just come back. You know, I shout you out, Jackie Bridges. I always shout you out. I wave back at you if you wave at me. Um, I acknowledge you in your comments. I urge you to participate with some things. So, the WNBA draft was uh, Friday, April 17th. Uh, there's three rounds to that draft. And people will probably be like, well, wait a minute. Why they get three rounds and the NBA only has two? Uh, the NBA is more than double. It was almost double the teams. Okay? It's 30 teams in the NBA. It's only 12. Okay? Uh, in WNBA. So, did they need probably that extra round to, you know, do what they need to do to start training camp, fill up roster spots, things of that nature. So, of course, the consensus number one held to form, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, point guard out of Oregon, went number one. I'm going to run through this whole first round. Real quick, um, give you a little bit of commentary on some of the players in the first round. And then I'm going to read you off the second and third round picks, and then we'll move on to our next topic. So, again, uh, number one, the New York Liberty selects Sabrina Ionescu, guard from Oregon. Number two, the Dallas Wings, another a good pick, another good pick. Satu Sabali, the forward from Oregon, the teammate of Sabrina. So two really, really good picks went. Uh, in the first two picks of this uh, draft. Indiana Fever at number three, select Lauren Cox from Baylor. The Atlanta Dream, select Kennedy Carter, guard from Texas A&M. Now, there was a lot of talk about Kennedy Carter. Um, there were some people saying that she might fall. There were some people saying that she might move up. But as we know, when people, when you look at these drafts, uh, a lot of times people go with uh, best player available, and sometimes they work with, uh, you know, uh, what am I saying? They work with uh, their need. You know, they draft based on need as well. So, Trinity Carter, I think, is a very, very good pick as well. Um, and that is number four. Uh, again, the Dallas Wings at number five. Pick Bella Allery, a guard from Princeton. Minnesota Lynx, uh, Makia Herbert Harrigan, forward out of South Carolina. Sure, well-coached. Um, Dawn Staley product, so very well-coached, well I'm sure. Dallas Wings again. Tyasha Harris, a guard from South Carolina. Another 
player that's probably very well coached. Chicago Sky take Ruthie Hebert, uh, forward from Oregon. So that's three play three Oregon players in the first round right now. Two South Carolina players in the first round. Robert Reeves, what's going on? Uh, New York Liberty at number nine take Megan Walker, uh, forward from UConn. Yeah, I had a little moment of silence because you also know that most of the time when UConn players are in the draft, you expect them to go higher than this bottom tier of the draft. But it shows you how much talent was out there now to have Megan Walker go number nine. And she will be playing with Sabrina Ionesco from the New York Liberty. New York Liberty again, Jocelyn Willoughby, forward from Virginia, Seattle Storm, Katija Loxa, uh, guard from Latvia, and rounding out round one, again, the New York Liberty, Jasmine Jones, a guard from Louisville. So the New York Liberty had one, two, three, four picks in that first round. I think all of their picks were really good picks, especially the consensus overall number one pick. Um, then we have the second round. Kylie Shook, forward out of Louisville from for the Liberty. Fever, Kathleen Doyle from Iowa. Leanna Odom from Duke. Crystal Dangerfield from UConn. Brittany Brewer from Texas Tech. Taya Cooper from Baylor. Joyner Holmes from Texas. Beatrice Montpernier from Florida, from Miami, I'm sorry. Louisa Geisloster from Germany. Leoni Feibig from Germany. Kayla Charles from Maryland, Maryland, Jalen Agnew from Creighton. And it's the second and then the third round. Michaela Pivek from Oregon State. Erica Aguikwe from Rice. Kobe Thornton from Clemson. Camille Smalls from James Madison. Stella Johnson from Ryder. Japrice Dean from UCLA. Haley Garecki from Duke. Kia Gillespie of Florida State. Lauren Manis of Holy Cross, Tynese Martin of West Virginia, Juicy Landrum from Baylor, and rounding out the final pick in the 2020 WNBA draft, Suge Sutton from Texas. So there you have it. That is your recap of your WNBA draft as of right now. So while I'm talking basketball, I want to talk a little bit Sixers um, before I get into these other couple articles that I have. And I'm sure um, I might get some chiming in from some people on this article. And it's in the realm of the other article that I found, and it is dubbed the best Sixers team to never win a championship. So, folks, are you ready? I'm sure we got some Sixers fans here, and here we go. First selection on this particular topic, um, and they put them, as they like to say, the overachiever divisions. Yes, yes, Robert Reeves, Camille Smalls, definitely a Philadelphia kid, and kudos to her. Absolutely. Glad you brought that to my attention because I did forget to mention that. Right. No BS. Right, champ. Now, this group, this team is put into the overachiever division, as they like to call it. Uh, and this is what they said. 
and I quote, there were not many any Sixers teams in the flame-out division, but two Sixers squads made the overachiever division. Coming in at number five seed in the division was 2001, who of course made the finals but lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in five games. Well, because I do what I do, I'm going to get through this. It's going to be tough because, again, I am a diehard Sixers fan. And if anyone remembers this series, it started out great for us. Gave us a huge, huge window of hope. And then there was not. So this is the 2000-2001 Philadelphia 76ers. Excuse me. Uh, it was the Allen Iverson era. Their record for this particular season, regular season record, was 56 and 26, with a average point differential of plus 5.7. Um, as we know, the playoff results made it to the finals and lost to the Los Angeles Lakers four to one. The key stars were, of course, you know, Bubba Chuck, Allen Iverson. The other key players on this particular roster, Dikembe Mutombo, who was traded for, and that trade was strummed up during All-Star Weekend. Remember that. Eric Snow, George Lynch, who I think if he had played a little bit more, series might have went a little differently. Can't necessarily say that we would have won the series, but I think it would have went better than four games to one. Tyrone Hill, Aaron McKee, who was asked to do a great, great amount more than what he should have been um, due to injuries um, on that team at that particular time. Matt Geiger, Kevin Ollie, and Rajah Bell. So, folks, again, what we said, one of the best assembled teams to not win a championship. Again, like I said, that team was put together solely uh around Allen Iverson. Larry Brown was what's up D? What's going on? Daryl Oliver tuning in. What's happening? Um that team was put together by Larry Brown, Pat Croce, and it was based around the things that Larry Brown felt that he needed around Allen Iverson. Cause we all knew that Allen Iverson was the go to guy. He was the man on that squad and this is actually kind of good that i'm starting here with this particular team because if you think about this particular team and i mentioned alan iverson was the key star and then we had our other key players but none of those key players could you arguably legitimately say was iverson's number two people if you heard me say that you can chime in none of those players that i just mentioned could arguably be considered a solid number two for AI. So, hence, they were in the overachiever division. Again, I, I, I think that because of the qualifications for this particular topic, they ended up being in the overachiever division, but I don't think that they were necessarily overachievers. Uh, like I mentioned, I mentioned Dikembe Mutombo as one of the key players on this team. Uh, folks, if you remember, Dikembe Mutombo, I think, was playing with the Hawks. I think at the time. I'm not sure, but he was playing with somebody else. He was in the All-Star game. And we got to All-Star break. We got into this All-Star game. 
And back then, we knew what All-Star Games were. It's a show for the fans. Uh, we're going to see a lot of offense, a lot of spectacular plays. If it gets close down the end, you may see a little bit of defense, maybe. But at this particular All-Star Game, in this particular season, uh, no true, but no true, but you have to give my alum. Nah, grass bulldog for Amakee Duchin. Oh, Ivan, listen. Let me let me clear that up for you. I, there was no um disrespect to Blue um on for in, in what I said. Uh what I meant was that he was asked to do more than he should have been due to injury. Uh and what I mean by that was I meant he was asked to guard players on that Lakers team that he shouldn't have been guarding. Um he was our sixth man. He was a, another scoring option for us. But I think it took away from some of his scoring, and that's what hurt us because he had to guard some players that I really don't think um, strategically-wise, game-planning-wise, that he really should have had to guard due to that injury um, with George Lynch. So that's what I mean. It, it was no disrespect. I, I give Aaron all the um, respect in the world because he went out there and did it to the best of his ability, you know, and, and it – Won him the sixth man of the year that year. So I loved his game. I loved the way he competed in the NBA. And I loved what he brought to the Sixers when he was traded here. And thanks, Rob, for clearing it up. It was Atlanta that uh, the Kemba was playing for. And I'll get back to that in one second. But just to clear that up for you, Iverson, yeah. Ivan, no disrespect there. Like I said, I love um, Blue's game and everything. Like I said, I just felt like he was asked to do more than he should have been had should have been asked to do um, with guarding players that he really didn't need to be guarding at that particular time is all. So hope that cleared things up for you. Um, and again, getting back to my point before that, we traded for Dikembe Mutombo, who was a rebounding machine in an all-star game. And, and at that point, Larry Brown being the coach of the East team, uh, Ivan comes back and he says, true, that was not fair, but what happens when you're good, sir? Dedication, hard work. Absolutely. And like I said, I gave, gave Blue kudos for doing it. He did it. You know, no questions about it. He went out there and did it and still somehow, some way managed to put up some points for us also in that series. So, yes, Ivan, you are correct. Uh, getting back to this, though. Uh, rebounding machine in that game. And, you know, at that you know that point, I guess the Sixers were the leading team in the East, the number one team seed in the East at that particular point in the All-Star break. And Larry Brown's the coach. He saw something, I guess, that he figured would help um, AI and the rest of the guys with that rebound and something that they probably needed. And it looked like he was looking at the foreseeable future where he thought that if we can get through the East and get to the finals, we are definitely going to need somebody to rebound. And Matumbo, to what he showed in that All-Star game, made them – uh, attempt that move and successfully uh, complete that move. And he traded Theo Ratliff to Atlanta for the Kembe Mutombo. And that's how that team came up. And as you remember, that first game was the Iverson step-over game. You know, um, it is what it is. Like I said, I think we were um, at a loss because we had a key player that was injured. I think, I don't. again, I, I don't 
not sure if we could have won that series. I think Kobe and Shaq as a tandem were just staying. What's going on? I think Kobe and Shaq, um, once they woke up and, you know, uh, realized who they were playing, I think they were just too much of a tandem at that particular time for us and the roster that we had, and we couldn't get over the hump. But, again, goes back to that um, – cliche saying of Mike Tyson and I quote everybody has a game plan so they get punched in the mouth end quote I think that was the situation and I tell people a lot of times when we talk about when I talk about this particular series in this particular um season I think I felt like I just felt like that was the situation um the Lakers probably thought that they would have an easier time than they thought in winning that championship and the Sixers came in nothing to lose no fear in their hearts and went right at them punched them in the mouth in game one. And then, like I like to say, then Kobe and Shaq woke up. They recovered. They got the smelling sauce. They recovered from that punch. And then it was on. And we know what happened after that. The second team on this list, um, and this is or would be another team that I remember, the 81-82 Philadelphia 76ers. This was the Dr. J era, pre-Moses. Um, two games better than that 2001 team. 58-24 and 24 overall record. Point differential is saying, E, what's going on, my guy? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, same point differential, plus 5.7. Same similar, not same similar, playoff result, and they're losing to the Lakers. But they lost to the Lakers 4-2. So they won one more game than AI and the crew did. The one key singular star, again, on this roster, Julius Irving. Now, here's where things get a little different as far as um, other key players. For this particular team, we had Mo Cheeks, Andrew Toney, Caldwell Jones, Lionel Hollins, Bobby Jones, Daryl Dawkins, Steve Mix, Mike Bannon. All right. So what I mean when I say there was a little difference, uh, let's see, damn that low, thought they would be a higher. We, I don't know what you mean, Ivan. What do you mean that, um, that they that low? Who Who are you talking about? Alexis, thanks for tuning in. I right, clear that up for me. I'm not sure what you mean. Um, who was that low or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, clean that up for me. Zach, what's going on, homie? Clear that up for me, Ivan, and I'll get back to you um, on that as you clear it up for me. So, Sixers supporting cast on this particular team, in my opinion, was a better supporting cast than the 2001 team. But, just 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 hear me out folks but they worked for each particular team that particular team which i think as a makeup was a little bit not as good as this particular 82 um key players but that 80 that that 2001 crew worked for that team for that coach for that system for that team for that era it worked just like this one worked because they got to the finals ultimately they didn't win the finals but they got to the finals okay and hence, hence you see not big dip, not that much of a difference, but this series went 4-2, the other series went 4-1. Okay, so we'll see. So we had Mo Cheeks, 
legitimate point guard who could also score. Now, when you go into maybe, and you start to talk about a possible comparison, Maurice Cheeks and Eric Snow, no disrespect to Eric Snow, but I'm taking Mo Cheeks because he was the floor general and he could also score when needed to score a little bit more than Eric Snow would. Okay, And Eric Snow had his qualities. He was the floor general, he was that bulldog, and he would dig in and play D on the point guard. So everybody had their key points, where they were good, where they, where they succeeded. Andrew Tony, as we labeled him here in Philadelphia, the Boston Strangler, a legit scorer who also was tough and played some D on the other end. Caldwell Jones, gritty. Lionel Hollins, tough, gritty guard that could score. Bobby Jones, arguably the best six man in the NBA history. Gritty, will lock you down. Tough, and could score. Um, you you placed that number four. Thought they would be higher, but oh, I didn't place them there. That's what the people that wrote the article. This article comes from Liberty Ballers, Ivan, and they had. I'm going to get to it in a second. They had 16 teams, actually, who they talked about um, teams that, here it is, 16 NBA title contenders who weren't good enough. And I think they're in there, and that's where this article came from. That's where they ranked them at. I didn't rank them anywhere on any of these numbers. They ranked them at number five, and then they ranked this particular team at number two on that list. And, and that's this. And this is, like I said, when Liberty Ballers was the ones that did this. Um, okay. You had Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder. The Bruiser. You had Steve Mix, the role player. Mike Bannum, another role player that could also score the ball. So I, I understand how they could put both of those teams in their overachiever section, but I don't think that they overachieved. I think for their particular eras, the makeup that they had and the coaching staff that they had worked for them in that particular eras. And you see, once, and I'm still on this 81-82 team, as you see, the year after, we added Moses Malone, and that got us over the hump. So, again, you know, it's just a fun article, like I said, just doing some research to bring some things to you, some history some notes, some knowledge of the game. And again, like I said, that particular article uh, that I got that from was from another article. It was part, that was just parts because it was Sixers, and I wanted to talk some Sixers anyway today. So that particular uh, article was chopped up and broken away from the other article that I just mentioned, where I'm getting ready to get to kind of quickly right now. The 16 NBA championship contenders who weren't good enough all right, so it, it's 16 teams, and I'm going to run through these 16 teams. And what I'll do later today is I will get this article, and I will get the link to this article on my social media, uh, Facebook, you know where to find me. I'll get this link on the social media, and you can read through it yourself. You can see how and how what other teams are in it, where, why they placed the Sixers, where they did. You know, Frank, what's going on? So, like I said, I'll, I'll get this article, um, get the link to this article posted up in there for you, because I want to get to some, I want to get to some NFL stuff before um, I, I close out today. So, like I said, this article is called the uh, Titleist. 
16 NBA championship contenders who weren't good enough. So right now I'm just going to run through the 16 teams. And then later today, um, once the show is over, I will get the link to this article and get it posted up um, on social media for you to read it at its length. So we're going to go from 16 to 15. Uh, at number 16, you've got the 96-97 Atlanta Hawks. Um, and I'm also going to give you the era and the key stars and other players for these particular teams. Uh, 1996-97 Atlanta Hawks. It was the Dikembe Hawks era. Um, their record 56-26. and 26. They lost in the second round to the Chicago Bulls 4-1. The key star was the Kembe Mutombo, who was ultimately traded for a couple years later to the Sixers, as you saw, as you heard in the article I just um, discussed. Uh, Lenny Wilkins was the coach. The other key players, Mookie Blaylock, Steve Smith, Christian Leitner, Tyrone Corbin, Allen Henderson, Eldridge, Eldridge Rickassner, Henry James, and John Barry. Number 15 was the 84-85 Denver Nuggets, the Doug Moe. Era, the running gun, fun bunch. 52 and 30. Uh playoff result. Lost in the West Finals to the Lakers 4-1. Key star at the time, Alex English. Other key players, uh Fat Lever, Calvin Nat, T.R. Dunn, Wayne Cooper, Dan Issel, Bill Hanslick, Elston Turner, and Mike Evans. Alright. And we get to Team 14, the 82-83 San Antonio Spurs, uh, the George Gervin Iceman era, 53-29 overall record, uh, playoff result, they lose in the Western Finals to the Lakers, 4-2, key stars, the Iceman, George Gervin. Other key players, Artis Gilmore, Mike Mitchell, Philly's own Gene Banks, Johnny Moore, Mike Dunleavy, Bill Willoughby. Right, moving along, we are at team 13, 71 72 Chicago Bulls, Dick Mata's Bulls. Overall record 57 and 25. They lost in the second round to the Lakers in a sweep, four games to zip. Bob Love was the star. Other key players Chet Walker, Jerry Sloan, Norm Van Leer, Bob Weiss, Tom Borwinkle, Clifford Ray. Team 12. 2008-2009 Denver Nuggets, Carmelo's Nuggets, 54 and 28. Lost in the West Finals to the Lakers again, 42. Carmelo Anthony was the key star. Other key star, other key players: Chauncey Billups, Nene, Kmart, J.R. Smith, Anthony Carter, Linus Kleza, Chris Anderson, and Dante Jones. Team 11, 96. 97 Houston Rockets, the old super team as they are dubbed, lost in the West Finals to the Utah Jazz 4-2. Key stars, Hakeem the Dream, Charles Barkley, and Clyde Drexler. So as, you, as you've been paying attention, or if you've been paying attention, getting to Team 11 in this 16-team okay, uh, article, this is the first team that had multiple key stars. Everybody else had one key star. So, again, the key stars for this 96-97 Houston Rockets. Hakeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, Clyde Drexler. Other key players, Mario Ellie, Matt Maloney, Kevin Willis, Eddie Johnson, Sadell Three, 
and Brent Price. Team 10, 75-76 Denver Nuggets, David Thompson era. 60 and 24. Lost in the ABA Finals to the New Jersey Nets, 42. Again, back to the single key star, David Thompson. Other key players, Dan Issel, Bobby Jones, Ralph Simpson, Chuck Williams, Byron Beck, Gus Gerald, Claude Terry, and Jim Bradley. Team number nine, 96-97 Miami Heat, Pat Riley, and Zoe. 61-21 was the overall record. Uh, their playoff was up. They lost in the East Finals to the Chicago Bulls four games to one. Key star one, Alonzo Mourning. Other key players, Tim Hardaway, Jamal Mashburn, Dan Marley, P.J. Brown, Vashon Leonard, Isaac Austin, Keith Askins, Kirk Thomas, and John Crotty. All right, moving on. We're into team number eight, Minnesota Timberwolves, 2003-2004. Kevin Garnett and Flip. Overall record, 58-24. Playoff result, lost in the West Finals to, yes, the Lakers, 4-2. Key star, Kevin Garnett. Other players, Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell, Wally Serbiak, Irvin Johnson, Trenton Hassel, Fred Hoiberg, Michael Oliver Candy, and Mark Madsen. Team 7, the 97-98 Indiana Pacers. Reggie's era, 59-23 is the overall record. They lost in the East Finals to the Bulls, 4-3. Key star, Reggie Miller. Larry Bird, Larry Legend, was actually the coach. Tay, what's going on, my guy? Larry Bird was actually the coach of this team. The other key players, Rick Smits, Mark Jackson, Dale David, Antonio Davis, Chris Mullen, Jalen Rose, Derek McKee, and Travis Best. Team six, the 85-86 Milwaukee Bucks, Don Nelson's Milwaukee Bucks. 57-25 is the overall record. Playoff result, they lost in the East Finals to the Boston Celtics in a sweep four games to zip. Their key star was Sidney Moncrief. Other key players, Terry Cummings, Paul, point forward, Pressey, Ricky Pierce, Alton Lister, Craig Hodges, Randy Brewer. Team 5, 63-64 San Francisco Warriors. Young Wilt, 48-32. They lost in the NBA Finals to the Boston Celtics, four games to one. The one key star, Philly's own Wilt Chamberlain. Other key players, Guy Rogers, Al Adels, Wayne Hightower, Gary Phillips, and Nate Thurman. Okay. The number four, the 61-62 Los Angeles Lakers. Elgin and Mr. Clutch. Okay, the second team with multiple key stars. Record of 54-26. and 26. Lost in the finals to the Boston Celtics, 4-3. The key stars, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West. Other key players, Dick Barnett, Frank Selvey, Rudy LaRusso, Jim Krebs, Hot Rod Hunley, Ray Felix, and Tom Hawkins. Tom Brady, Charles Brady, Thomas Charles Brady. What's going on, my friend? How are you? The team number three, the 1992-93 Phoenix Suns. This is Barkley's era. 62-20 and 20 is the overall record. Playoff result, lost in the finals to the Chicago Bulls, 42. One key star, Charles Barkley. 
other key players, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Richard Dumas, Tom Chambers, Danny Ainge, Mark West, Oliver Miller, and Frank Johnson. Team 2, 2017-2018 Houston Rockets. James Harden's Mori Ball, 65-17. Lost in the West Finals to the Golden State Warriors, 4-3. Key stars, James Harden, Chris Paul, who was injured in games 6 and 7. Other key players, Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, Ryan Anderson, Luke Ricard, Richard Bamute, Gerald Green, and Nene. And finally, team number one, the 96-97 Utah Jazz. The Stockton and the Mailman. 64-18. and 18. Lost in the NBA Finals to the Chicago Bulls, 4-2. Two key stars, Carl Malone, Mailman, and John Stockton. Other key players, Jeff Hornacek, Byron Russell, Greg Ostertag, Antoine Carr, Chris Morris, Shandon Anderson, Adam Keefe, and Greg Foster. So there you have that, folks. The 16 NBA teams who were not good enough to win the NBA title. And like I said, I will get this article up for you guys uh, a little bit later today. I'll get the link posted up for you so you can go at, go back and read some of the stuff that they say about those uh, particular teams. So... I want to get into, to get ready to close out, hey, Miss Joe, how are you? Thanks for tuning in. I want to get into some draft stuff, and more so with the Eagles. And again, uh, it is being more clear that they may be shopping for a wide receiver in this upcoming draft, which actually is uh, the 23rd, which is Thursday, starts Thursday of this week, this month. It's going to be a virtual draft, as we know. But... It's heavy, heavy on wide receivers. So initially there had been talk that the Eagles will possibly be looking at other positions like linebackers, things of that nature. Um, I personally personally think that they need to get a receiver either with that 21 pick if they stay. But there's a lot of talk, a lot of speculation that they're going to try and trade up to get a receiver in their draft. And even at 21, a lot of the uh, critics have them picking wide receiver Justin Jefferson from LSU, which I think is a good pick, a really good pick, uh, considering the wide receiver core that's currently on the roster. But I think they have their eyes set on another receiver in particular, and they probably will have to try and trade up to get to that receiver. So, again, um, their first pick is 21 and it's looking like a consensus has them taking who I just said the receiver Justin Jefferson from the University of LSU or LSU University LSU Louisiana State University the reigning NCAA men's football champion uh they need other stuff down the end I think they paid attention to defense in free agency, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, one particular um, area of note, the defensive backfield, I think they did some good things in that. 
Um, I still think they're going to need some help at safety um, with moving Jalen Mills over after losing uh, Malcolm Jenkins. So I think they're going to need some more help at safety or whatever. I still think they need definitely need some help at linebacker, maybe an offensive lineman like a left tackle or so, and then that wide receiver. You've got to get Carson some weapons um, to have him succeed, um, to have him be able to have a chance to succeed in this league. Uh, so I think the Eagles will go draft and go uh, wide receiver in the draft. I do think that they will trade up to try and get a receiver. And like like I mentioned last week, and I broke it down for you, they've got a lot of wiggle room. Like they've got four, they've got three fourth-round picks, two third-round picks. So they've got some room and some ammunition they can use to barter their way. I mean, heck, they should be talking to San Francisco since they're into trading their first-round picks to see where they pick. They pick at 13th, I think, in the first round. So they should, could possibly try and move up to that pick, if not higher than 13. So we'll see what happens. And we will definitely um, keep our ear to the street. Like I said, uh, the draft is 20, April 23rd. It will be a virtual draft. I will get the deets and I will report about the deets to you next Monday with a bunch of other stuff and I'm going to close out early today because I want to get some things together and I need to get some things together in the studio as well so I'm going to close out a little early today but I have to um, add in I hope everyone that tuned in enjoyed uh, the show today I hope you enjoyed what you heard uh, like I said I'll get that article posted up the link to that article posted up for you. I definitely appreciate uh, your support. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate all the comments that came through today. And again, people, stay safe. Uh, stay home. Take every precaution if you need to come out. And do what you need to do so we can get through this pandemic. I know it's getting rough. People want to come out. People are itching and eager to come out. But just wait for the word. And, and when you wait for the word that it's the all clear, it's a good to come out, then things, things will be better in the long run. So be safe on purpose. You know where to find me. Facebook, Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Rap underscore D. YouTube, Sports Rap TV. It's podcast on iHeart and wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Rap Podcast, and finally, the webpage, sportsrapradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a great show. I appreciate you all. Enjoy this Monday, and again, like I said, stay safe on purpose. It's your boy D, signing out, Heat 100 Radio. Peace.